You are listening to the Newer Collective podcast. My name is Eamon B. Shanahan and I am delighted to welcome Katrina Chakuma and Anne-Martin Walsh to this, our third episode of the Newer Collective podcast. Throughout this episode, Katrina, Anne and I will share some insight into the roles we have as artists in that what we need to do to protect, promote and actively advocate for the importance of our environment, our nature and of course our planet. We will do this by just figuring out how we can contribute to combating climate change and how we as artists reflect on some of the world's destruction or even how we present the beauties of our world which potentially then would highlight the need to safeguard them. Throughout this episode we will look at the artist process and how we can make work with greater consciousness to the earth. We will talk about the works by Anne and Katrina, discovering their response to environmental issues as core concepts in their own works. Finally, we will touch upon the impact COVID has had on the environment as a result of lockdown and restrictions. This is, of course, not our first discussion about the environment. Leila Henry and Carl Healy talk passionately about artists protecting the environment in season one of the Newer Collective podcast. And we dedicated an entire collection of work in 2021 to the time of Equinox, where our artists discussed the power of change and renewal with many works focusing on nature. Of course, you can listen back to our season one podcast with Leila and Carl on your favorite podcast channel and view the works created for our Equinox exhibition at www.newercollective.ie. Katrina, how are you doing? Hi, yes, thank you. Glad to do this again. It's always an interesting and engaging conversation with fellow Nua Collective members. So I am doing very well and looking forward to our discussion with Anne about our practices and points of view. Oh, good, good. And like, actually, you have a, a huge array of environmental related artworks. And we're looking forward to kind of discussing that uh, with you. But also, who also has a huge amount of environmental related artworks is Anne. And Anne, tell us a little bit about some of your works as well. Hi. Yeah, I have, um, I suppose, during lockdown, I had a uh, very much made a whole series of works to do with environmental issues, but um, especially oil spills and fires, uh, wildfires, uh, connecting to the whole world and the effects of them, looking at men's marks, I suppose, that were made on our own planet. And what was happening to the world was very obvious while we were in lockdown because you were bombarded with it on social media because we only had our small own surroundings of environment to be out in and uh, experience, we were looking more to media for a connection to the outside world. So it really felt bombarded by the horrors of what were going on with the uh, huge oil spills in the Arctic and fires in Brazil uh, and the rainforest fires. So that all came through in my work. No, and we, we look forward to discussing that a little bit more um, in detail as we go through the podcast, Anne. But no, that's a super, and there's some really good works that we will relate back to on the collective, which of course you can see on the new collective website. Um, great. Well, look, the first thing what we're going to just have a little chat about is about process. And I know you both are very um, environmentally conscious when you are creating works. Could you please maybe just give us, um, if like, just a little bit about 
how you use your materials or what you use in your materialing in your material processing to maybe be a little bit more conscious towards the environment or how conscious are you of the environment when you're making work? I suppose I could uh, start off with that one uh, to say about um, how I generally approach painting. Um, big major aspect would be choosing the medium. Um, although I am aware that of course, a lot of artists and Anne I'm sure will mention some of this in her practice uh, using pigments and inks and materials that are naturally derived. Uh, for myself, um, that hasn't been the experience yet. Uh, I am aware that that's part of other people's practices and they can be successful at that. I am still very much in the learning phase. I still very much feel like an art student, even though um, I've done like two degrees now, it's still a learning, you know, I don't feel like I've secured my final form like a pokemon evolution form of like this is my art practice so for me it's choosing mostly um water-based paints at the moment when i do serious painting sessions and plein airs and still lives um i tend to choose oil paints um acrylic paints i have some left but i don't consciously buy them I kind of don't know what to do with them because there is the issue where you live if you have like property access to the outdoors easily. I have seen artists like uh, collect the water that they use with their acrylic paints and that eventually it evaporates and it leaves like the sludge that you can then be used. And I've kind of done something similarly with oil paints, like the stuff that's left at the bottom of a jar of your tarps. Uh, but with turpentine, for example, I've never once dumped turpentine down the sink. You know, you just constantly reuse it and you have like the sludge left it that, that sometimes makes the most beautiful kind of thing gray and you can use it as like a neutral base for next painting. So definitely thinking consciously about the actual paints because I primarily paint a lot. Like that would be 80% of my practice, even though I do delve in other mediums, like depending on subject matter and what I am trying to across as I as I do still consciously think that I am still very much learning and in the art studenty stage of my career but yes choosing paints and how you dispose of them is a big um, part of it all even with all the extra things that come with painting like palettes you know consciously I'd never get into uh, what are they called like disposable kind of palettes and stuff I'd always have like glass palettes or wooden ones things that like I can scrape things off of and put them in jars and they become like this weird kind of collection of things made leftovers but you can also then use them like I'm not sure if I mentioned this before but there's like this piece um that was in the John Nancy gallery uh I reused dried bits of orange acrylic to create texture on like a rock like a little texture on the painting of a rock a lot of the time uh, what I find or what's available to me secondhand mm. uh, leads to work so it finds its way to a piece of work if you know what I mean uh, so uh, and in, it may be that it inspires the work sometimes um, with, with a with something in my head but then I find peace and I'm going that's perfect I'll make such and such 
uh, out of that. At the moment, I uh, out of waste plywood uh, that was being thrown away, I'm, I'm, I've built a screen, so uh, which will be also part of a uh, uh, show coming up. Uh, my prints, I'm very aware. I like I like printmaking, but I'm very aware, con conscious. Uh, uh, I like mostly to just to dry point or or make colographs because I love the colograph. I love the texture in it, but it's it's very natural. Mm -hmm. It's um uh, uh it's more organic than I I try not to use any acid based processes or anything like that. So I recycle old cotton that was uh, bought 30 years ago, uh, embroidered cotton lately and, and recycled, stretched it uh, so, and made paintings on it. So that I, I feel I'm not wasting anything. And even down to what I mix my paints in or what I use for painting, they usually, um, like when I'm, I do my shopping and, and it's very hard to avoid plastic containers for the, the tinfoil containers. I repurpose them in the studio and I use those as a palette rather than anything else. So at least I'm recycling. Mm. Uh, they, they're also easy to clean out and reuse. It, they go a long way. Uh, I don't buy any, um, as you say, disposable palettes or anything like that. Unfortunately, I because I do use oil paints, I do have to use turps. I, I, and I'm very conscious of how to, how you dispose of terps. And um, as Katrina said, very rarely would you dispose of it because it, it does make a lovely surface paint when you're starting a painting. The, the sludge at the bottom of the terps can actually be uh, beautiful to, to coat your canvas mm -hmm. when you're starting painting. So uh, <laughs> you can, it's again recycling in a way. In, in the process of my work, I'd be very aware of waste and repurposing things mm. uh, and using found objects. I think both so, of you have really described very, very simple ways in which you can make your practice a little bit more uh, environmentally conscious or at least waste conscious. And like that's tools that every artist could really take on board, especially from the likes of, of reusing materials and um, and just being a little bit more conscious of what what and how we're doing with those materials and how we can just bear in mind that we don't need to be just throwing things out for the sake of throwing things out. But I think that's probably relative in everything that we do, not just in art. So I suppose taking that on board through the rest of our daily lives and our banality of things that we do, it is important that if we do that, then we are making a massive impact. There's something that I'm just reading part of your profile here, Katrina, um, and there's something you say here, it's, and I'm just going to read it out. Nature is not disappearing from our backyards. Species are not being lost. We are actively engaged in erasing our natural environment along with the individuals that inhabit it. And something that, uh, that Anne had spoken about earlier um, before we came on live was just about the energy and about the, the connection between we as humans and the environment. And I think your your statement there kind of connects that a little bit too. Can you maybe elaborate, elaborate a bit more, Katrina, on what you mean by that statement? Yeah, I definitely think that statement at the time when it was inspired um, about the series of work that was also exhibited at John Clancy Gallery and is now available on the Newell Collective website, partially the black-tailed godwit, the crow with sandpaper, the green sandpaper, 
Um, there's also a little stint Mediterranean gull and a little egret painting. So they're all like part of this collection of painting of birds uh, from this um, uh, particular spot just outside of Dungarvan town, uh, which is known for uh, its vast uh, array of visiting birds. And I tried to um, capture them in a way that also makes a commentary on this the piece of text that you just quoted uh, about how we are actively engaged in erasing these species and these beings and these lives from the environment. Even just, I remember walking around the beach kind of still in the inspiration phase of looking for material on what will I make the work about and you know, not yet knowing that I will paint all these birds to kind of commemorate them. Um, finding just so much trash and um, very unusual trash and unexpected trash. And it was just, it, it's not that big part of a beach, you know, it's, um, it's like the strand, it's like this jetty that goes out into the water. And yet the biodiversity of waste that you could find on that beach, um, yeah, that was very inspirational to me. I needed to comment on that. That's how a lot of that waste and a lot of um, clues to that waste made its way to these paintings. So if people check them out on the new collective website, they might see some threads and they might see some direct links with that. But it definitely creating work that is a commentary on how we need to take responsibility for our actions um, is a huge driving force behind my art practice. And just even going back to a little bit to the whole process issue and Anne mentioning how she uses all these found and recycled and repurposed materials. I do believe that in doing that, it also adds a nice layer of history and kind of um, clues and just lore you know just it adds more to the work um to know like these embroidered pieces of cotton that Anne is mentioning like it it creates the piece what it is as opposed to just plainly taking a new freshly pressed piece of cotton rag paper and doing a watercolor on it you know you're making history you're involving something that is already existing in the world that has been touched and passed along through hands and uh, through bins and then through hands again and whatever and has been discarded maybe multiple times to then use that in creating art which art with big capital a is like you know a cultural social commentary is very meaningful i believe so I would really actually would like to hear more about kind of the divine aspect and the spiritual aspect that Anne seems to have in her practice, mm -hmm. because I think of things more um, actually, factually, you know, I think of, I'm, I'm not myself more of a self-described spiritual person. I do believe in what Anne was saying before we went live about energy and being connected to everything in the world but for me it's more uh, a scientific uh, explanation to that mm -hmm. so I'm really curious to hear what Anne's view of that is. Okay so uh, I, I suppose for me uh, Katrina the um, my works on the oil spills were a huge thing because um, uh, for me th they were attractive to the eye 
aesthetically pleasing to look at, uh, but had this, uh, how I'd call an underbelly of horrific effect on our planet. So I was showing these, I was showing the world that uh, even though uh, these things can look beautiful, they're actually very destructive. It's, it, it's something that's very destructive and it's happening in our world all over. Like, uh, so I'm very aware of what's going on in the world. I'm, I'm trying to make other people maybe view that too. I suppose for me, the spiritual side for me is um, I practice a lot of divination as well. So uh, when I'm out in the countryside, uh, I feel very connected to the earth and I'd actually connect to the energy through divination. I like the fact that uh, some of the work, like in the, the happening one, two and three, they're, they're made out in the woods. And it's performance land art crossover, uh, but uh, very close to nature, very about nature, probably about also about how each of us as such are, are unique and that our decision alone, we can do we can do what we can do alone when we can't force anyone to do anything. But by our example, we can help other people to realize that they could do things that would help uh, environment in help environmentally is what I mean I suppose my work is I'm very conscious of the feminine and and the sacred and I go back and it goes back my work goes back to mother nature I suppose in a way and and the contact and the fact that we are all connected earth is connected we're connected we're all just made up of energy and all that energy is connected so how how can we destroy the very thing that we are part of you know we need to be more aware it's actually ourselves we're destroying not not it because it will recover when we're gone you know so the planet will recover when when we have erased ourselves something you've said so, on or in a statement about this specific area especially you, you said something about um having like quiet conversations with nature and how we have maybe a quiet or loud conversation with the world and the work that we present. Do you feel, either of you, that it's necessary for this conversation to be spoken from the rooftops? Yes, absolutely. But how should it be articulated? Should it be something that is negative or positive or both? Or how do you feel either or impacts the, the, the possibility of change? Well, from even mentioning these pieces uh, of ants, the happening one, two, and three, which are available on your artist page on the New Collective website, seeing them and hearing you talk about how it's performance and land art into one, and then making the conscious decision of creating them and your inspiration of getting to this point through divination and through connecting with the feminine. It's very much to me about like it leaves this impression of how, yes, we as artists are part of society, community, we're part of the problem. All humans are, well, some humans more than others. Let's talk about, you know, um, in the Western cultures and developing developed worlds, uh, we can take more responsibility. But I guess our job description, like our title of being artists um, also, allows us and gives us a space to be maybe more reflective of that. And through this reflection, through, yes, acknowledging that we are contributing to all of the problems 
even if we're not one of the conglomerate five major companies that own everything on planet Earth and are spilling all of the oil and all that stuff, we are still contributing by, you know, voting with our money and buying all these products. Mm. But at the end of the day, having a practice, having an artistic practice, having this um, calling, like I am, again, I'm not a self-proclaimed spiritual person, but from hearing Anne talk about this and how I understand it of going through the divination process and connecting to the spiritual feminine earth and looking at these pieces, the happening, um, all three of all the photographs, I can see how it's a calling to alter the immediate environment, the natural environment, the earth, with the power of me or you and or us as humans as human artists with our profession to leave a positive impact reflecting on all of this conscious taking full responsibility damage that we're contributing to so it's quite an important part of the job description and in regards to what you asked Eamon about how big of a statement do we make you know do we become global phenomena activists? Like we need all these people. We need the major names of activism. We need the societies. We need the big impactful events as well. But there is power in also the small things. Going from, again, our very first point of reference, talking about process in the studio, you know, that's impactful on a large scale of every single artist was very conscious of how they use materials you know that would make a big difference uh, and a lot of us are actually in the artistic community from what i've observed a lot of us especially on the newer collectives like a lot of are very environmentally conscious and then just working away in our studio and creating works that then go out into the world into all these exhibitions no matter how big or small or obscure or well known at the end of the day the works go out and they are seen by viewers, they're seen by other eyes, and they make an impact through that. And it only takes one other person to be convinced, one other person to see your painting of a cow or a bird or anything that it might be, an oil spill, to see it and to connect to it on their individual level. Because yes, we've also mentioned how um, you could have a beautiful aesthetically pleasing image or sculpture, whatever it may be. And you can have, you know, sh making an artwork that is grotesquely just displaying everything as it is. But there's also a third option, which I engage in my practice quite often, um, just to touch human hearts and people through humor. Uh, and that can also elicit a response quite well. I what from what I've observed in my practice. So I think whatever it is that we engage in, and you know that saying about how many people there are, that's how many opinions there are. There will be people who will be attracted to the more gothic, uh, grueling, um, disgusting artwork that is, you know, maybe painted flesh and just environmental damage and whatever else you can think of on that topic. And then there'll be people who will be attracted to the sparkly, aesthetic and, uh, and beauty and just glamour uh, of art and then there will be those who will get a little chuckle out of seeing you know a weird purple cow in a field for example and they'll be like yeah I get that this is this is about the dairy industry but it's funny 
<laughs> or a very a very a very pink Easter bunny, I think, is also uh, equally as funny. Um, yes, 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 your, covered your, in glitter. Exactly. <laughs> Big Day's artwork is so, also very comical, but very amazing and very very responsive too. I do uh, agree with Katrina. Humor is important. Katrina, she's right. Humor is uh, very important. But I also think it's it's the responsibility of an artist, perhaps to agitate, to make people ask questions. So our work, in a way, should, um, I can think of as one of work, a submerged history that I made, that, that's meant to make people question, what is this about? Where's it coming from? What happened? Where, you know, is this is another environmental thing that, uh, it was an earthquake, a massive earthquake. So it merged a whole village, a whole town. And that was nature itself doing, not mankind's doing. So you have to look at both sides and you have to make people ask questions about, I think that's an important thing in art. You can still do that with something that's aesthetically pleasing to the eye, or you can do it. Uh, it doesn't have to be aesthetically pleasing as long as it has some way of making people question and making people think mm. and making them more conscious and aware of our environment absolutely i certainly concur too i think even you think about the the extremism of someone like abramovich um versus the more humorous side works of the likes of <laughs> of katrina's and it's just sometimes you kind of you say oh that's funny but i get what you're trying to say and i can actually take something yeah. from that and hopefully make a difference yeah. on board uh, yeah. which is which is i think really important um so i suppose that brings us to the question as artists are we doing enough for the world i would say um um there that uh i think each individual artist is doing what they can mm -hmm. um if you're if you're in a position to do more well and good do so but uh, I feel that where, where each individual artist can only speak for themselves at that moment. And, and I think a lot of artists are, are aware of environmental issues uh, and what's happening in the world and are making work to do with it. So there is a big movement um, mm. out there of of people trying to get a message out there of artists trying to get a message out there i can definitely just uh totally repeat that same statement of you know generally i think artists are a very uh driven to be responsible bunch of humans you know uh i can definitely sense that from all of my interactions uh with peers and it, it's a great uh privilege and part of our job description to be artists to do these things to show the world to make social cultural commentary on whatever issues uh, we find the most uh, you know relating to us but as we all know also the concept of all of the issues being related you know with each other uh, whatever it may be environmentalism racism like it's all interconnected under um, a bigger umbrella so whatever we do individually in our practices is a step toward, I don't want to say resolving the issues, but maybe, maybe that's like too hopeful, but it's like a step towards a more collective consciousness. 
of mm. us as a species and on this earth and what we do and how we contribute and how we impact and to take more accountability than within society on the broader spectrum. So outside of our practices as artists, but you know, anyone, any human being at all, who, whatever their career, their job description may be, because um, the most important, you know, whoever you are, the most important joining factor is that bit, you know, again, saying what Anne has been saying, we are interconnected. We are essentially this one giant organism existing <laughs> on this blue sphere circling in space. And we all contribute to each other's lives way more than we may be on a daily basis uh, consider. Definitely. So that's an important takeaway. I, I, think, I think just before we kind of go off topic too much, I don't want to, and I, I, I don't want to continue referring back to the pandemic, but I think, the pandemic was a great example of how we all stopped and the impact of that. And as a result of stopping, we have made um, a, a tremendous impact positively on the environment. I'm sure there have been negative impacts as well as a result of um, medical waste, etc. But there has been a huge amount of positives as a result of the pandemic in relation to the environment. That is because we stopped. We were put into a, into a position where we had to stop, where the world had to stop, and we had to uh, confine ourselves and not travel as much and not and not engage with as much uh, resources as what we have been. Um, and now we're going back into that position again. But do you feel yourselves that the pandemic has made any impact whatsoever on the environment? Well, I see. I feel that during the pandemic and and statistics proved i believe amen there you had them that um uh you know more people uh connected with the environment during the pandemic because because they had to slow down and stop and i think that they won't lose that i think i think that connection that was there they're not going to throw that away now you know they've they've had that experience and it's like a lot of a high percentage i'm hoping will hold on to that and realize and become and be more environmentally aware as an artist i'd say making work it was great because you slowed down and you could only make work really you know in your studio space or you know you, you were kind of limited you weren't racing all over the place having to be here have to have to be there it was all it was a few things happening online and otherwise you could work away in your studio and spend that time a great deal of that time reflecting on nature and reflecting on the world and what was happening and that was coming through and work as well the point being for me would be that no matter what piece an artist all artists are we're activists in a way uh, because we're making we're trying to make a point with our work mm. and and if only one person gets that point, if that's one, then at least we've maybe changed that one person's viewpoint to for the better. Yeah. And if you can change that, if you can change one person, well, they they may change more. So it's a chain reaction. So I'd be hoping that, like, even though we we are only doing doing our small bit in this world, that the chain reaction will continue and grow and and therefore that's how we get to our bit yes most definitely i feel exactly the same way and even going back to that question the previous question of are we doing enough like imagine yes. if 
and not only if, but I guess most of us and we do um, keep questioning, you know, keep making that same question uh, every day, every week as part of our practice, as part of our lives. Uh, are we doing enough? I think as long as we keep that question in mind, you know, the closer we will be to this, I guess, getting back into more of a cohesive, peaceful, uh, healthy union with the earth and our environment, our natural environment. I think uh, this is quite fitting that we're doing this podcast um, in, in July. It is um, Plastic Free July and um, a lot of people are trying to figure out initiatives and how to kind of reduce their plastic in their homes. And I think even trying to uh, push that out as a form of representation through art is something that we do in, in our recycling of materials. And we've, we've really highlighted that throughout this conversation in what you do with your processing and how you make art. And I think you were both very passionate about the environment and, and, it's, and, the, and respect for it in both a scientific and a spiritual way. It is really inspiring to hear both of your responses to this. And I hope that fellow artists and those who are and those who experience art or maybe not don't make as much art as a as a profession but maybe enjoy to do it as a as a hobby or those who like to just enjoy viewing it that they take something from this even one little thing multiplied by millions and billions of people um, can make a massive change to our environment and to the the preservation of its continuance because as we've said um without the, the earth was still was still spin but uh mankind may not be living on it a special word of thank you to Anne and Katrina for joining us on our podcast make sure you check out their artworks and indeed artworks by all our newer members on our website at www.newercollective.ie remember to keep up to date on all things newer collective by our, our social channels and you can check out those on instagram twitter facebook linkedin you name it we're probably on it Get your daily dose of art and be sure to share them with your friends and family. My name is Eamon B. Shanahan and you have been listening to the Newer Collective Podcast. Mm-hmm.